Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock Podcast. I am here today with my new friend, Kelly Crawford, and we are talking about homeschooling. Surprise, surprise, because that's what we talk about on the Schoolhouse Rock Podcast. Well, we talk about lots of things. We talk about homeschooling and family discipleship and Jesus and all the things, but really it's all wrapped up in homeschooling. And so Kelly, um, I came across her blog several months ago and she had so many great um, blog posts on there. And I thought we need to have this lady on the podcast. She is an experienced homeschool mom of 11. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, And I'm really excited to have her on. But before we get into our conversation, I wanna say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Well, Kelly, welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am thrilled to have you with me this week. Talk to us a little bit about you and your family and what what y'all do, because you're from the South, so we can <laughs> say y'all today. Y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we live in Alabama um, on a beautiful farm. I have nine of my 11 children who still live here with us, and um, for the most part, we just enjoy a simple life. I, I used to say quiet, simple life. It's not exactly quiet, but... Um, I've been here almost my whole life, so this is definitely my home, and we just love being on the farm. I love that. Love it, love it. I, I my, Our listeners know, if they've been listening to me for any length of time, <laughs> I in my brain, I want to be a farmer. You know, oh, not a farmer. Yeah. I don't want to be a farmer. I want to live on a farm, but uh-huh. I only want to live on a farm because I want to look out my kitchen window or my living room window and see the farm, but I don't want to have to actually take care of the farm. <laughs> That's kind of how I am. And we're fortunate yeah. to live, um, we live on the same property as my parents and my dad is uh, the farmer. So we nice. get to enjoy the benefits of the farm without quite having to do all the work. Although my, my kids, right. my kids do get to have some fun on work too. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And, w- and with having 11 kids, I'm sure that um, they have their fair share of chores and farm chores and house chores and stuff that they do. So that's so much fun. Well, we are going to talk this week about school versus education and helping to take the stress out of homeschooling. And I think this is a question that so many homeschool parents ask because it can be stressful. You know, we have a lot of new listeners to the podcast. Um, we we recently did an online conference. It was the Homegrown Generation Family Expo, which by the way, if you guys missed that you can still access that entire conference as well as the 2020 conference. Um, And you can check that out at homegrowngeneration.com. But since that conference, we have so many new listeners and a lot of our new listeners are new homeschoolers or those who are just thinking about homeschooling. And they're not exactly sure what this homeschooling thing is supposed to look like. And it can be so stressful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we're at the end of one school year and looking into the next school year, I really want to help these moms through the summer to take the stress out of homeschooling as much as possible. And so my first question to you that I want to talk about is talk about the difference between school versus education, because that is definitely always kind of on the forefront of our minds is how are we going to educate our kids? What is school supposed to look like? Uh, So talk to us about the difference between school and education. Well, so I think that as homeschool moms, we one of the things we're so stressed about and so fearful of is we think that schooling and education are the same thing. That um, that everything we do in the in, in 
our curriculum and in our homeschool day is is going to determine you know the success of our children and so we have a really skewed um, and uninformed view of what it actually means to educate a child which education is a lifelong process education mm -hmm. is something that happens uh it occurs it's a causes a well-rounded child but it happens throughout the life of the child and it includes things like emotional intelligence and creativity and problem solving and um, you know the values that we learn through life the character that is formed through life experiences and so all of those things which really have a lot more to do with um, how well we're going to do as adults those are the the bigger orbed picture of what it means to be an uh, to be educated schooling is just a tiny little part of that a very tiny part yeah. i tell i tell moms i said you can really just fail at schooling and you're not going to ruin your child because there's yeah. so much more that makes up and so if we could remember the definition or understand that schooling is just a small part of what it means yeah. to be educated it takes the pressure off of us um so because mm -hmm. we've flipped it in and made schooling all there is made schooling the major part whereas it's really just a very minor part. Yeah, yeah, by schooling you're talking about academics specifically because that's what we set, we tend to really put our, all of our focus on and we kind of put all of our eggs in that basket, that homeschool basket of, right. you know, education being academics. And we sometimes forget that it's so much more than just the academics. Yeah. So, you have it, 11 kids. How mm -hmm. many have you graduated? Let's see. I'll be on my, let me count, one, two, three, <laughs> fifth, fifth one this year will be graduating. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So talk about that journey with your kids and what that has looked like with them. Um, and, and I would assume, because I've talked to a lot of homeschool moms who have older kids and then they have younger ones. You said your oldest is 29 and your youngest is seven, right? Right. So I would imagine that you homeschooled your older kids much differently than you are homeschooling your younger kids. Correct. Right? Yeah. So talk about kind of that transition in your life and how you've gone from maybe, you know, figuring out that it's not just all about the academics and it's more about life. What does that look like for you? So I, when I came home to first start homeschooling, I had a six-year-old, seven-year-old who was in first grade and then a baby. So I started from the very beginning. But before okay. that, I taught high school English. And so I very much had a classroom approach to education. And so I, yeah. that first year I came home, we pulled out the, you know, we had the desk. I made a um, bulletin board and we had a flag. And I mean, it was just, I was going to recreate yeah. it. I was going to do it better than they did it. But in my mind, there's only one way to homeschool. It's just to replicate what I had already been doing in the classroom. Um, it didn't take me long to figure out that was not going to that was not a good approach for us. We were both uh, frustrated. She was bored. And so it has taken you know, a lot of time and years to, and I'm still, I, I still have to, I still get fearful um, and kind of sometimes panic. Am I doing enough? Is this going to turn out? And I will say that um, I have two in college right now. And like, for example, my second daughter is about to be in nursing school. And even after we've done a very, she's three or four down the line, even after we relaxed a lot and took a very relaxed approach, um, she's top of her class with a, as a straight A student. So that to me is another confirmation. And now part of that is because of her more full orbed 
character, if you will. So she is a hard worker. She um, has learned diligence. And we've just been able to see how children learn what they need to learn when they need to learn it. So even if you didn't cover every every detail that you were, you can't cover every detail. Right. You can't cover all the things. But even if there are deficiencies, the time when the time comes that they need to learn those things, God has created us in an amazing way. So humans yeah. are, um, you know, we have the ability for amazing things. And, and if you think about when they handed you your baby, you know, we didn't panic. Here, here, we're in charge of this child. We've got to teach it the English language. We've got it. We didn't go get curriculum to to help our child learn how to speak English or to learn all of the psychology and, and those things that he learned on his own. Um, and so, trusting that process that God has given us such a curiosity and an ability to learn the things we need to learn when we need to learn them, I think would help us to, it would free us up from some stress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Kelly. Um, it was interesting. You talked about being a teacher and you had been in the classroom. And I know that whenever we think about school, we always think about like test scores. We think about, you know, how well are our kids going to do on the test? How well are they going to write this paper? Paper? How well are they going to do on the artificial things that we give to our children <laughs> to try to test their intelligence? Talk about that, about why, and, and, and I know that this has been kind of a process for you as you've learned to undo the classroom idea from your home and from your homeschool, but talk about like test scores and, and um, just the academic, the classroom academic part of what we consider intelligence in our kids. Yeah, so I over the course of the last few years as I've researched this subject particularly, it has it realized I've realized it's very damaging to our kids the the idea that we have that intelligence is only measured in academics or it's only measured by test scores. Again, there is that that is a form of intelligence. The the guy that makes the 30 on his ACT, you know, we talk about how smart he is. But it's just one form of so many forms of intelligence. Um, in fact, um, Albert Einstein said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life thinking it's stupid. And we've ah. done that to some degree because we've we've taken, so the kids that are bent um, maybe in uh, art or music, they're 
so many geniuses. My son is an example. He was, um, I would say, uh, even, well, he was very delayed in math. He had a very hard time with math and struggled. But he is an artistic genius, and he has a level of that that very few people have. And so to recognize those things in our children as just as important and just as valuable as a child that's more academic, I think we really need to start changing our, our thoughts and ideas of what it means to be intelligent. And they're reckon, allowing there to be so many different forms that yeah. all of our children you know, their gifts are elevated to the same status as the academic intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we put them in a classroom, we put them in a box Mm -hmm. and we say, you have to learn this specific way and you have to pass this certain test and you have to learn like all the other kids and you have to excel like all of the other kids and you have to be an expert at these subjects. But then we do forget about all the other things that God created them to be and do. Mm -hmm. And even in the homeschool community, I feel like we sometimes do that where we have some kids, you know, you you see the, the the model homeschool family where all of their kids are playing instruments or they're all athletes or they're all, you know, crazy academically smart. And I think that can leave us as moms oftentimes feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Or my kids mm-hmm. just aren't measuring up to these other kids because my kids don't play piano. My kids don't play baseball. My kids aren't testing this way if we test them. And I really think that that is a, a an attack of the enemy to mm-hmm. make us feel inadequate as homeschool moms in thinking that we're somehow doing it wrong. And in reality, it's that God's just created them all differently and, yes, and they're so exactly. unique in their way of learning. So as you know, you, you've got 11 kids, how have you been able to nurture each of their individual gifts and abilities and talents that God's given them to really succeed in in whatever avenue the Lord has set before them? Well, one thing I try to do is to pay attention. What are their gifts? What are their bents? What are their interests? What do they like? And, and treat those things as important. And so one example I give is um, one of my daughters, she, and I have several of the now that are here, but they have a real interest in doing um, like, videos and um, I don't know exactly what kind of videos, but they were they were using their abilities of to edit and they were really getting into creating videos. And while some parents may have treated that as a, a much lesser important thing, I looked at it as a important opportunity for her to learn and hone her skills. And who knows how she could use those skills later, but I, I considered that a very important part of our school day. Um, and so I let her run with that as long as she wanted to. And so just little things like that, when you see their gifts and abilities, um, don't, you know, to treat them as important and to allow them plenty of time, allow them, you know, that's one, one of the, to me, the things about schooling, um, especially in the classroom, public school classroom, it actually does get in the way, I think, of the education because it takes up so much time. And I think right. one, of the, one of the most important things we can do for our children is allow them lots and lots of time to discover, to explore, to, you know, do the things that they love and that they're interested in. And if they don't have the time, then those things don't get to be developed as, you know, as well. So. Yeah. what? So talk about what a typical day would look like for your family. Um, because as you're, you know, helping them to hone in on those different skills and abilities, um, and interests that they have, 
What would a normal day look like for you? A normal day, we get up later than the average family. <laughs> Amen to that, us too. And, uh, we, Wait, now when you say later, you have to to define that because some people say later and by later they mean like 7 a.m. When no. I say later, I mean like 10. Right. So yeah, we're like 8.30, 9 o'clock risers. That's, okay. You know, I, I okay, may get yeah. up anywhere between 7 and 9, but Yeah, most of the I'm I'm having to drag people out by by nine (laughs) o'clock. But um, we spend a lot of time in the morning gathered together. It's my favorite time of the day. We read God's word and just talk in the mornings, and so we start every day, almost every day, out like that. Um, and then we break up to do chores. They've had breakfast at some point between getting up and morning time, and then each each child does have their their academic time, but our academic time is very short. And when I say that, you know, several several hours for the older ones, maybe an hour or two for the younger ones. We most of our curriculum is um, what they call living books. I don't do a lot of textbooks, so whether it's history or science, I try to find books that are you know either historical um, autobiographies or things like that 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 will come alive, come alive more to them and not be as stale. Um, each one has his own math book, you know, individual that they'll do that. So I do, I do make them do schoolwork, but I sure. do not let textbooks um, become a master. So we, we mm-hmm. have a saying, we don't become a slave to our textbooks. They are just tools that we use. Yeah. And because of that, I'm, I don't feel enslaved to the timeline. You know, I don't, I don't feel like, well, if we have to finish this book by this day, we just keep going. Because as I said, education is a continual process. And so right. um, that's kind of what it looks like. So if, if something comes up that I feel like is, is better or more important, I don't have trouble um, letting them either do their books later or yeah. make it up some the next day. So we just, yeah, it's, it's. That's why I call it relaxed. We're a relaxed homeschooling yeah. family. I love that. I love that you don't have a very rigid schedule that you have to stick to. And, you know, at, at noon is lunchtime and at one o'clock is math time. And at one thirty is right. English. I mean, it, and that works for some people. It does. Um, but I think it doesn't work for most because living life at home is very different than living life in a classroom. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that, that puts so much pressure on mom and kids. So, um, well, we are already out of time. Um, this time went by so quickly, but we're going to come back on Wednesday. We're going to talk more about helping to take the stress out of your homeschooling, school versus education. Kelly, where can people find out more about you? You have an incredible blog. Um, you have so many good blog posts on there. And so um, tell people where they can find it. It is Generation Cedar. Cedar spelled like the tree, C-E-D-A-R, generationcedar.com. And we do have our resources there. Um, I've written a book about relaxed homeschooling. It can be found there or on Amazon. And there are a few other books as well. Okay, we'll put those links in the show notes as we always do to make it easy for you guys. You don't have to go searching for it. So Kelly, thank you for being with us. We will be back with you guys on Wednesday. We're gonna talk more about this with Kelly. Um, If you have not yet watched the movie Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution, go watch it. It will encourage you. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. You can find it for free. You guys, it's free. It's easy to watch at schoolhouserockedmovie.com. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both 
watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.